Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Comfort Free Conversations. Last week we took a bit of a hiatus, but we're coming back strong this week with a conversation about what is legalism. Tune in for more. And as always, we're here to undo everything you think you know. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, today is more of a religious topic, uh, to be exact, Christianity. We're going to talk about how legalism has been and is not good for Christianity and just how to define legalism, where is the balance. So if that's not kind of your kind of talk, I usually don't do a lot of this stuff. Um, but if you still want to listen in, I would welcome you to do so because it should be really interesting and as comfort free you know this is the heart of what i do so i will always be in any political religious philosophical kind of conversations because yeah. that's where my that's where my niche is so right. i'm always down to have a talk like this yeah it it gives me some um sorry for that yawn slash talk there it gives me some um variety as well so i really like talking to different people, expanding my mind and seeing, to pick your brain a little bit about it. Okay, right. so what, let's, what is legalism? Let's, let's get into it. I, I've been uh, playing with a lot of different, you know, this is kind of in the realm of apologetics and I, I tend to love apologetics or any like, man, I really love um, religious and atheistic debates. They're very interesting. Um, so I think this is very interesting stuff and I think it's a great way to learn how to engage in a conversation without taking offense, you know, which is right. one of the one of the big tools that I always aim to develop. So this is this is right on head. I'm I'm excited to pick your brain too, you know, collaborate mm -hmm. on some ideas, you know, and and Absolutely. then share that with the audience. So legalism, I mean there's obviously the dictionary version or the definition. The dictionary version is just um dependence on a moral law rather than personal religious faith. But when I personally think about legalism I think about Pharisees. Like when you look in the Bible, I, I really, the first thought that comes to my mind is Pharisees. And how many of us today, or how many times have we been the Pharisees? Like sometimes I feel like the Pharisees, even in the Old Testament, they meant well, but they just went too far where it's just like, now I have to please God by doing all this extra stuff. So legalism is adding rules for for a law, and it really, uh, you know, it really rubs me the wrong way when people live under the law because that's not what the law is for. The law is supposed to show us how generous and how gracious God actually is, in my opinion. What do you think, Kamsi Free? I, I would agree. I think before there's a lot of terms that you're using that I think we should lay out more. So first, like the Sadducees were basically the religious leaders back in the time before and up to the coming of Christ, um, they were the, they were responsible for doling out the law to the rest of the people. And when we're talking about the law, you have several covenants that are in the biblical times, and the law is the covenant of Moses. It's more than the two tablets he wrote on stone and wrote the Ten Commandments that oh, everyone definitely. typically knows. Yeah, the law itself is like hundreds of laws. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's actually very quite expansive, um, and I mm -hmm. think completely misunderstood. So I think in that same right, yeah, I think I would agree. Trying to, you know, like I think people's typical disgust 
of religion is this concept that God created us simply to please him. Right. Like right. that we we're just meant to like <laughs> I say this and maybe I'm poking a little bit too much fun, but I always say like suck his toes and feed him grapes. Like like that's what he <laughs> created us to do. <laughs> and and yeah, I don't legalism think that's an says representation. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Legal legalism, sorry, legalism says God will love us if we change. Whereas the gospel represents that God will change us because he loves us. And that's actually a quote by Tulian. I have no idea how to read his last name. That's Tulian. And that's such a good quote. quote. Yeah. Such a good quote. That is a great quote. That's different. And it went different in a different direction than I thought it was going to go. Um, I thought you were more going to say he accepts us as we are. But I like that you took that even a step further and say, well, he changed us because he loves us. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. I love that. Yeah. And it really changes how we live, too. I mean, uh, you know, I could see. Here's the thing real quick. I'm going to be honest. I have been mm-hmm. the more legalistic person. And this is that's why I want to talk about this. And I was I keeping surprised how people were turned off by me because I was trying to lead by words. But you don't lead with words. I mean, like, I think I learned that the hard way you do. You don't lead through words. Words mm-hmm. don't mean anything if you don't do it in love. And that's based on uh, Corinthians 13. Yeah. And just for, you know, like, first off, I think legalism has a lot more application than just uh, religious fields. One. Two. Yeah. I definitely agree. And it kind of makes me, you know, you know, there's this whole idea that he is his word. And I've talked about this in, and I think in another episode, but like, it's this very interesting idea that because we're imperfect, our word is different than what our, our deed, what we do. Sure. Right. But for, for God in our understanding or our idea of him, they're, they're one in the same actually. Like, like for him, for something like, let there be light. When he said that, it wasn't like when we go to cut on a light switch. We say, let there be light. And then we're like, all right, now I got to go flick the light switch. Whereas for him, like the words, let there be light, are simultaneously the deed or the action thereof. Um, And so like, like you, I think you're exactly right. I think our deed is supposed to align with our word, right? And and that's in that same fashion. And obviously we can't perfectly do that as well as he can, but as closely as possible. Absolutely. um, Yeah. And, and, you know, if we approach this with a with a level of humility, it will it will inspire other other people. But when we here's the thing: anything, religion, Christianity, you name it, can be abused for 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 control for people mm-hmm. who like to control others. And I think this is more of a problem than we think because most people who have a control problem they won't admit that. You know, mm-hmm. so I think legalism in a Christianity sense is like, here's the thing. If I knew I had a hard time with gossiping, right. Mm-hmm. And then I, if I was afraid to confront that or change those ways, how quickly could I be the one speaking that you can't gossip and pointing at other people as though they are the false for, for me gossiping. Like, you, you right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're saying, just to make sure I understand you correctly, I'm going to repeat right. back to you what you said. You were saying like, okay, let's say you gossip, right? Or I gossip. Right. And I'm trying to change my gossiping issue. And so because I'm trying to change my gossiping issue, I'm always telling other people not to gossip. But I myself have <laughs> not gotten to the place where I've stopped gossiping. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. 
So I feel like that's a that's a, a part of legalism right there too. And I think that's what even turned Jesus off about Pharisees so much when he came to, to the world. It's like uh, their actions would say something, but their words would contradict what they're, what they're saying. So it, it really does divide. Uh, and that's another thing that we can touch on later. Legalism divides us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so this is what I say. I have a quote. Um, I don't really like religion. And I say that I, I don't like religion, and I say that I equally don't like spirituality for the same reason. I say that I don't like religion and spirituality because they're both pursued as a means of comfort, right? Um, sure. And obviously, that makes sense. I'm comfort-free. But the reason that I say that is um, <laughs> you said it divides us. And that the way that mm -hmm. this is what I think. I think that often many of us use a religious guise in order to create some rule that, that supports us, right? Like, like, well, if God exists and this religion is how he helps me, then I'm going to think of this religion in a way that I can master. So that way I can master God. So like, it's really about how can I yeah. cake life, right? Like how can I get the most out of life? So mm. it's really not meant for everyone. It's meant for me. It's meant for me to do well. Sure. So I'm going to make everyone else guilty and I'm the innocent one. I'm the one who struggles to perform and get this thing right so that I have the all powerful God of the universe backing me in this kind of idea. And that's kind of how I feel about, in the same way that when you talk about like a Pharisee, that's, that's kind of, I think like, Oh, yeah. you are poor, but I'm rich because God's on my side. Mm. Uh, you know what? It brings up this notion that, um, when I look at my personal life, I feel like I am legalistic, not just in a general sense. Every time I say I have arrived, mm. because then you're going to start thinking black and white. You're going to, notice the uh, splinter in other people's eyes. And that's a good quote, you know, from who, instead of seeing my plank in my eye, if I have a sense of I arrived, I'm just going to keep pointing out the, the weaknesses of other people and not encouraging through their strengths. What do you think? Yeah. That, okay. So, okay. Ah, I, I like that. I agree. And here's why I agree. I have a philosophy that goes right into that. Um, I think I, first off, to everyone in the audience, I always make sure to give this disclaimer. I believe in God myself. I am a monotheistic. Uh, my worldview is monotheistic. Um, and I think that's always important to acknowledge for the audience. And I always welcome mm -hmm. the audience to do that as well. So in that, I believe in a monotheistic God. So I believe that God is eternal. And because I believe that God is eternal, I think that part of what it means to be made in his image is that our truest nature, the nature that looks like him, is also eternal. And there's nothing that you can understand in the span of a few years. You can't understand it in 80 years. It's a, it's an, it is it's an eternal journey that you continue to walk through. So how can you arrive at an eternal being that you're still coming to understand yourself um, in, that, in that same fashion? So I believe that people are discovered, right? So if you have this idea that you've arrived and you've just reached this ultimate pinnacle of who you were meant to be, then you, first off, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> One, Absolutely. Um, yeah, and two, yeah. you miss yeah. the genuine connection. How can you genuinely connect with someone if you're lying to yourself? Like, if you're not in genuine understanding to who you are. Like, if you don't have a humble and curious uh, perspective when you're looking at yourself, if you don't look at yourself with curiosity, 
and honor yourself in that way, why would you honor anyone else in that same curiosity? You already know everything. You already have arrived. And you know what? That's so important because our brain is really bad at thinking about two different things. What I mean is like when I get a car or when I, I I want to get a rare car. I think no one else really has this car, right? But as soon as I Mm -hmm. see that car, the car I want, that's all I start seeing. Every time I see it drive by on the highway, I see that. So what I'm trying to say is what we think and how we believe things, what our perspective is, it matters. It really does matter. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when we have it all figured out, when we think we have it all figured out, we might even be hurting people without noticing it. Um, There's nothing relative to me if I say I have my stuff together, because the reality is I don't. And it's some, there's something about the law of attraction that says, you know what? Let's all be humble. Let's all realize that we have strengths as well as weaknesses and, and move forward with that. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like part of legalism enhances the strengths, but then shuts out the, the weaknesses. And it's, that's not what humility is, you know? And, yeah, when I think of the Pharisees, I could see how there was nothing relatable about them. Nothing. Yeah, because they were really so self-righteous. Really okay, so that's something I talked about. I had I always mentioned my previous episodes, but Jen Podcast, man, I, our episode was extremely glitchy, and I wish it wasn't because it was such good material. But we were talking about how we deify our leaders, right? We mm. make them like – we deify them in this way that we – I think – and this is one of my personal like understandings of why I believe that God exists is because I always feel like that humans are looking for a perfect thing, right? Like mm. something in them instinctually looks for something perfect. And so, but people want perfect that they can touch. And so they'll often make an imperfect human the embodiment of that. And I think that's like right. the nature of what uh, idolatry is um, in my own understanding. So, but I think we deify leaders in this way that we have to see something that can perfectly reach and attain something. But I think it's just as you're saying, it's more inspirational to see someone who isn't perfect striving for the same thing that you are. Because there's yeah. always the excuse if they're perfect or they're doing something perfectly that I am not perfect or able to do it as perfectly mm-hmm. as them. And that mm-hmm. excuse is com- it's much more genuine interaction when you realize man, they're just as dirty and ugly as I am in, 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 in their own right, of course. You know, like, and, and I think, to me, those are my more inspiring leaders, like people who yeah. I see struggle to make really hard decisions. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know what? It's, it's kind of a comfort zone people put themselves in. I don't want to challenge myself <laughs> anymore, so I'm just going to put this wall up of, or I'm the all-knowing. You come to me for mm. advice. It's so easy to give out advice. Have you noticed it that? It really is. Yeah, that is very true. It, yes. It's not hard. You know what, what is hard? Opening your heart. That's hard. Your yeah. vulnerable yes. sides, your, your weaknesses. That's freaking hard. But it's, it's, a, it's a way of protecting yourself in the most selfish way. And you're using God as a... Um, the excuse What's the right word? Exactly. Like the, yeah. le- like the scapegoat. God is the scapegoat for you choosing not to be vulnerable. That's really good. I like that. I've never thought of it that way. Wow. Because in a way, vulner- vulnerability can mean you speaking compassion and empathy into your life 
when you think about Jesus, he was the most vulnerable person and he always focused on showing empathy. You know, sometimes we as Christians, we think it's a vulnerable thing to put, a, put ourselves down. But really, condemnation is not, it's not from the Lord. So I think we need Absolutely. to redefine humility and pride. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I believe that um, pride and insecurity are the same thing. And I also <laughs> believe that confidence yep. and humility are the same thing. Um, mm. Yeah, That's I don't so think good. That, yeah, like I think there's so many people who have this false humility in the same all perfectionistic fashion that you talk about. Like, like because we're supposed to be humble then we fake this idea of humility. Um, I think it's interesting. If you ever accuse someone of being prideful, immediately what they will begin to do is start rambling off their insecurities, almost like immediately. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. It's a defense because, mechanism. Right. Like, and you're literally, and so that, you know, that that's where I really started with that idea that uh, pride and insecurity are the same thing, because when you have an insecurity, mm. the reason you develop pride is to compensate for that insecurity. But as that insecurity continues to grow, so does too the pride that is that's attached to it. Mm. Yeah, so good. I'm really digging this conversation already. I'm really digging it. Yeah, I think you. <laughs> it's going in a it's going in a really natural direction. I kind of like it. I was hoping that it yeah. would be too PowerPoint like you know. Oh, absolutely. That's why I just have some talking points, and then I'm like, I'm gonna. The rest is just. Let's see what happens, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Let's see what happens with the collab of the minds. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, something I wanted to talk about in this when we're talking about legalism, you know, I always try, like, I want to expand this conversation to as many people as possible. So, like, for a non-religious person, I think the question for me is, like, what does this have to do with me and for me? And I think... Yeah. Uh, you brought up condemnation. And I think if more people were to abandon the idea of legalism, and in my mind, the way that most secular individuals understand religion is from a view of legalism, mm -hmm. right? Like, it teaches people to hyper-focus on being right. Right. And, and I think if we were to abandon, and this is where I think this conversation is of utility to everyone, it normalizes being wrong, mm. right? Because I think it's in, in, in the definition of legalism, it's very dangerous to be wrong because Absolutely. it's attached to your ability to please God. And your the identity. only way, yep. right, like in legalism, the only way that you can get love or be connected or is to please God. And that's, that's all you're defined by. But um, when you abandon that idea of legalism, the implications of being wrong completely change. Like when being wrong is an opportunity for authenticity, right? It's not about shaming who you are. It's about just you able to recognize yourself in the current state that you are. And so it doesn't have yep. to imply anything about your worth. Right, just Comfort because free. this is this is puts a smile on my face because it's actually so simple. Like there, you said it again. They don't want to be wrong, so yeah. they put on the the face of right. And even when they know, I I'm pretty sure that deep down they know about certain stuff. They're not always going to be right, but they put right. that on the right answers at the at the right time. That's basically insecurity, and I just love that you mentioned that insecurity and pride <laughs> is the same thing. You know, um, I, I talked about this a little bit on 
I actually had a live talk with Amina in, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the less I, well, I prepare, obviously, always prepare. But sometimes it's those things that you didn't prepare that just come out. And then you're like, I just said that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was this one time where I just said, like, you know, when our self-love goes up, my our mm -hmm. ego goes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yes. When our self-love goes up, our ego goes down. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Hey, because uh, you're, just you're trying to... No, yeah, just I'm just just commenting on that's like mm -hmm. because if you love yourself, you're trying to discard the parts of you that are harmful to you, which mm -hmm. means that you can't be indulging in ego. You have to get rid of it. It's it's bad. It's causing you to indulge in things that you shouldn't. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. but you said you had a question. Yeah, and it's going to nitpick all the since you're you're going to be so skeptical of yourself and critical, you're going to see that in others too. You're going to see their stuff that is not good. You know, yeah. and uh, it, it's really ironic. Like if Jesus, I always say that if Jesus came back today or if he came back to the current state of the earth today, you would find the same thing happening over again. You would find the same thing. You'd be like, that can't be him because he's not <laughs> under this, under this rule, under that rule. He's doing this. We said it should be like that. That can't be for, for God forbid. He maybe even have a tattoo. No, that's against him. That's against it too. You know what? It's it's gonna be different, but it's gonna be the same thing. I think so, man. I think we as humans, we don't have, we haven't ha we haven't as a general idea, we mm. haven't really learned the lesson <laughs> quite yet of humility <laughs> and love. You know, and then going back to the, you know, I think you're quite right because you know our Bible, um, or in the Christian Bible, what what it, what it says is that the fulfillment of the law is to or the, the most dominant and necessary commandment is to love your neighbor, to love yep. God with all your soul, all your heart, all your mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's supposed mm -hmm. to be the pinnacle of it. Um, and I think you're, you're absolutely right. Like when, like when you think of, if I were, were not so concerned about fulfilling article A of precept B of, you know, section I like three, yeah. whatever. I would probably it would probably be much easier to do the commonsensical thing and and love the person next to me if I weren't so obsessed with that, right? Like, mm. uh, yes, they're meant to be guiding tools because obviously we are fallible and we won't. Sure, we we won't. You know what I'm saying? There are sometimes when we may not know what to do, and it's good to have direction to guide you in that way so that you can yeah. see yourself, right? Because you're inevitably going to be ugly sometimes, but. Um, yeah. it's, it's only meant to serve you, not you serve it. It's only meant to mm. guide you, not you. You know what I'm saying? It's only meant to maximize and, 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 you know, increase your ability and your, your authenticity of loving yourself and your neighbor because it's yeah. so easy to disregard your neighbor or to, or to do harmful things even to yourself. Mm. So how do I love the person next to me? Like, and 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 then in Romans it talks about this. It says for some people the law they already knew the law. They fulfilled the law not knowing they fulfilled the law. The law is for people who were ignorant of it, right? Like some people right. got it. Like love the person next to you. Some people yeah. understood that and they were authentic. And I think those are the people who are 
more willing to have these kind of conversations like we're having right now because they're not worried about being right. They're just worried about truth and honesty and integrity. Mm. Yeah. I had a thought, but sometimes my thought goes (laughs) and then it comes back. So, um, yeah. Hey, uh, what do you, how do you think we should approach these messages? Should we get them out of the way every like 20 minutes and then let people know, okay, after every 20 minutes, we're going to do a short Q&A and then keep going? Because I don't want them to wait for too long. Yeah. I like that. Let's do that. Well, it's been about 20 minutes, so let's pop these three. Okay. All right, Joe, welcome here. Hello, hello, guys. I've been waiting for this talk, and you know, it's one o'clock over here at night, actually. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, go on. Bendonini, thanks for joining us. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> Me too. It's been such an oh, inspiring thing so far, and uh, I want to see what you guys have to say. What's up, Reagan? Actually, our comfort-free, our... You could call him directly from the app, and uh, you know you can you can link up with him directly from your call. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I think I think he's trying to. I think he was trying to help with the technical difficulties we were having earlier. Oh, okay. Thank you, Reagan. And I also believe that's what our 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 led our. Martin Luther to revolt against the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church were actually preaching and still preaching legalism, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, out of his nineteen nineties, in the from the Book of Roman, uh, he he are are how do you call it? Are uh, contradicted? Uh, the Romans are teaching uh, legalistic teaching with our, our, the book of Roman that are, is by faith alone that one is saved, but not, you know, you go and paying money for your brother, your brother or your family member who are, has not been saved or lived enough righteous life who died, you know, angel is going to pick up him out of hellfire to heaven, that nonsense. Reganock, I, I do want to answer that real quick, but I, my, my thought just came back and I really don't want to lose that either. Okay. Um, so basically, you know how there, people say there's a lot of different religions and stuff. And I also do believe in a mono, monotheistic, um, like I have a mono, monotheistic worldview. But mm-hmm. I think that it points back, and here's where people might disagree or agree, and that's totally fine. But for me personally, it points back to the God, how I know him. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we often, and this is where legalistic, legalism for me comes in sometimes. When I practice like meditation or mindfulness or just being quiet in the moment, I think people take it too far on the legalism side again. Um, but I think being quiet is the best thing you can do for your soul. And let me expand on that just a couple of seconds here. Mm-hmm. For example, when, when God says he is in a still and quiet voice, isn't it important how our current state of mind is before we approach him? Let's say in prayer, in reading scriptures, for example. And isn't that kind of a red flag when people are angry or whatever it is or feel defensive and then they go digging? And I feel like that's when you're going to find people who take things out of context just to fit their pride issue. What do you think? 
Absolutely. I agree. I think when you look at one of the mo- the more elongated metaphors in the Bible, in the b- biblical narrative, one of them is the metaphor that the human is the garden, right? We ourselves are a garden. And in that same right, I think that our thoughts are like the leaves. You know, you have to prune them like they can run rampant, rampant. Right. And so, you know, in the same way, there's this word that I think many of us are, are extremely daunted by. And it's the word subdue, like we were meant to subdue the garden. But subdue in this context isn't isn't meant to be like kill it or conquer it. It's subdue is more to tame it in such a way that it produces the most life, right? Yeah. So it's healthy to trim a tree. It's healthy to trim a bush in a, in a particular fashion. The same way, I believe, that's how we should govern our thoughts because they can run rampant. They can be loud yeah. and obnoxious. And I think that it's hard for new thoughts to come in, one, if you're, if you're distracted in the way that you're talking about. But you can pick up on much more subtleties when, when your mind is quiet, when you've silenced it. Uh, like if you're at a party, you're not going to hear someone's phone ring, right? It's too loud. Right. If you silence right. everything, you're much more likely to hear the pin drop or Absolutely. the phone vibrate. And, and that's like, I think, very analogous, analogous to ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Can you hear, could you pick up on the, the idea that's as quiet as a pin dropping on the floor? Could you notice that? Is your mind in a in a in a state mm. or a place to 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 see that? And that's a very very mature place to be in. Um, not saying that those people have it together, but it just it just simply shows that they will pick up on those things and try to be better and not push it on other people. Because at the end of the day, we are all broken and we are all imperfect, and you know it it doesn't help anything if we try to. <laughs> put a, paint a perfect picture of ourselves because it's it's just going to make matters worse. So I I love that that what you said. I love how we are finding common ground in this conversation because too often people um will say, for example, they will disagree with you just for the uh, just for the sake of disagreeing with you because it challenges their worldview. And I think legalism doesn't care. It, they just want to show how, how wrong you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They just want, because, because they have to be, they essentially what's really happening in legalism is you've created a God that looks like you. Mm. So you have complete control over that God. You can predict that God, you know what that God is going to do next because it looks like you. That's what the uh-huh. that's what the the Pharisees really wanted. They wanted a predictable God. They wanted a God, and 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 I think in some ways the law made this easier, because when you look at the law, the law is written. So it's like if I know all of the law, then I can predict and assess what's going to happen next. Or if I do this, like like you can invoke God, kind of like a like you know like a card game, like Pokemon, right. like. If I yeah. pick this move, like if I pick section B, then God has to do this thing. We try to force mm. him to respond the way that we that you we, want. Mm-hmm. Right. Which then means he's not then which is which goes deeper than that. It really means we're God. And so I think subconsciously, that's what we're always aiming to do. We we make we make we pretend that God is different than us, but we really make him in our own likeness, which mm. means everyone else has to be wrong and we have to be the central figure. Mm. 
And you know what? Can I be honest with you? This is not everything I'm going to say here is the most popular thing. But then again, this this is not a very popular topic, and that's why we love it. <laughs> that's why we chose it. So I just want to give you guys a quick shout out for listening in for for just listening to us talk. I want to just quick quick shout out to Mama Hauser, voiceover guy. We got Ren Reganock. We got Professor Plum, Agent Eleven Thirty One, Binodini. We got Poser Guy, Brock Morrison, Johnny Ten, Power Man. We got Mayonk. We got Colin Baines, uh, Kiam Jiminy <laughs> Sorry, I'm butchering some of these names. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for so much for being here. If you ever have any comments or questions, let us know, and then we will try to answer them back to back, and then keep going so we don't lose our train of thought. Having said that, please do follow Comfort Free and myself. If you ever want to connect with us again, or when you want to get the notification uh, of where we get, of where we when we go live, excuse me, our Instagrams are always attached as well, so you can reach us on there as well. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So with this, so we're having this conversation currently about about making God in our own image. And and I think like at the heart of legalism, that's what it's aiming to do. It's aiming yeah. to, pre- to, to predict God and what better way to predict God. If he looks just like you. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think going back to that idea that people um, hate being wrong. I had a talk with Amina a few weeks ago. We were talking about love. It was a very popular talk, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So what I was saying is, why do people hate the word monster? I don't know if you were there for this. And I so, was. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, the word monster, as she described it, it's really no different, like, by definition than an unidentified creature that we, that we sure. haven't given a name for yet. And so I'm like, well, then, if, if this is as simple as what it means, then why do we take such offense at the idea or why are we so afraid of being a monster? And it's like, because the monster implies something deeper. The monster implies something about our ability to earn love, right? And so I think that's, that's another thing about legalism. Um, we were told that there is a perfect mm. God. And so in my opinion, I think the human instinct is to pursue love. And I don't mean love in a romantic or emotional fashion. I, I mean love in a metaphysical context. In a um, very, very selfish and self-righteous way. Like, often when you think about serial killers and people doing horrible acts, they will often refer themselves to God. So therefore, they have the... They, they were allowed to do it because they saw the greater good, which is, I think... As far as, as legalism will go, that's just really the, as far as legalism will go. You're saying you're God and therefore you don't have to live under any rules. They take it to another extreme where it's like, okay, the rules were not there to make you, to get you into heaven or something. They were just mm-hmm. there to redirect um, when you go wrong, to just to redirect you. But in their mind, it's like, you can't redirect me because I am like God. Uh, it's really, it's a really dangerous place to be in. It's very dangerous. Hmm. I think, I think you're, I think it's true. Like how convenient, how dangerous and convenient is it to have a moral code that looks like 
how you would live your life already. Mm. I think that's extremely dangerous. When I was talking, having my conversation about can people believe they're evil, right? And I, I don't think that by definition that people can believe they're evil based off how I define evil or, or how evil is classically de- de- defined. I think that uh, I don't believe that there's, you know, there's this idea of cognitive dissonance where people's um, attitudes and be- uh, are supposed to are clash with their behavior and they're not supposed to. I don't really believe truthfully that a person's behavior can clash with their with their uh, attitudes. I believe their attitudes are implicitly based off their behaviors. Right. And and mm. so they do what they believe. I think it's important to have something outside of what you think and Absolutely. believe momentarily to say, well, you believe this, but this is the, the reality of the situation. Mm. I think that's extremely important. I think it's imperative. Yeah. And I mean, when, you look, society. when you look at the judge, when you look at the judge, and you're not, you're, I know you're going to expand on this, but um, when you look at society and look at the judge, what would our world look like if it's already so chaotic? What would it look like if we didn't have any order? A balanced kind of order. And in what sense do you mean? Like, do you mean in a governmental situation? Do you mean yeah, in... yeah. Governmental, for example, yeah. Oh, I don't think we could we could have a stable society without without some form of government. Like, I don't think... I like because of the selfish nature of people, I, I really think that we would alienate mm-hmm. everyone as an other. And because they're other, then it's it's our survival first, then everyone, everyone else. Agreed. Yeah. But it yeah, you were talking chaotic. about I'd like. Yeah, you should finish your thought because I kind of cut you off there. Oh, no, no, Sorry no. You're, you're fine. Like, I think I was pretty, pretty much at the at the end of the idea. I think I was. Um, oh, like I was oh, saying, okay. like, what, what did I say about society? I was saying it was it's just it's it's important to have uh an, an moral code that's outside of yourself. Yeah. Like something that guides you that is outside of you. I think that's one of the primary evidences of God that his responses to the human condition are not ways that we always can predict, right? Because he doesn't think like me in every instance and be, like because of his I guess the spontaneity and the unpredictability of what I understand him to be saying um is proof that i did not fabricate him right um yeah i wanted to mention something else real quick um so when we think about unity i think that even the word unity you can take into extremism or legalism where people think love this yeah so people think unity means you have to think like me Mm. And I think that's legalism itself, because if you try to convince someone to think like them, you're already not at peace. You're already not seeing eye to eye. I mean, is there a right or wrong? I'm not debating that. Is there an absolute truth? I'm not debating that. But when it comes to human interaction and, you know, connecting to humans, I'm just saying, is it always helpful to focus on that 5% that we don't have in common and totally neglect that 95%, totally neglect the fact that everybody needs belonging, everybody needs love? Why can't I be the vessel of love that I know that they need instead of ripping each other apart with our indifferences? 
I love that. Uh, the reason that I love that, I'm actually selling T-shirts for the brand. Um, T-shirts, hoodies, a bunch of different um, merchandise. And one of the things that I'm saying is a shirt that says unity, not uniformity. Mm. <laughs> right? I think people <laughs> confuse those very easily. I think we think yeah. that unity looks like sameness when unity and facts look like diversity um difference mm. right and still being able to exist and despite and actually sometimes because of difference right um i think yeah. all of all of these things are necessary i, so I, I think love that to define unity it, it takes a lot of humility as well because how often do you see people praying for other people when really there is no need to pray for it Here's what I mean, you know, yeah, if someone loop, I have to understand. <laughs> here's what I mean. So I was, I was brought up in a very traditional home, for example. If my ways of, or my um, opinion, let's say I like piercings, I have a piercing. If it doesn't line up to other Christians or other people, what they'll do is, well, in order for you to feel God or be at peace with God, you need to change and do what I do. Now, that does not align with any kind of unity that um, the gospel would represent. Right. So that's what I mean. Sometimes it's a very selfish thing where people think unity is, I have to change your mind. And then the other person is like, I need to change your mind. And like you said, it's probably that the diversity that unifies us and we should be able to look past those things and i think okay so here's where i think it gets a little gray because i definitely and this is why one of the reasons that i branded myself the way that i did i think it's important to be able and i say this often to say that someone else is like this wrong like i think i think that's an important property that society should maintain the reason mm -hmm. that i think legalism is important is i think it's it should be it should be more okay to be wrong than it currently is like everyone implies that someone else is wrong. If you're atheist, Absolutely. you're implying that monotheistic, polytheistic, uh, you know, pantheistic people are wrong. If you're pantheistic, you're implying that monotheistic and atheistic people are wrong. If you, you know, so, and like everyone is saying someone else is wrong, regardless mm -hmm. if they want to come out and say the words or not. I'm, I may oh. not say it verbally, but I am mm -hmm. still saying it in my own right. But I can still respect you, right? So, and I think right. you're right. It doesn't have to be about conversion therapy. Like, oh, you need to look like me. You need to look like Christ. More so, I think it should be, not that, that, not that I don't think they're wrong, but that right. I'm not obsessed with them being wrong to the point where I ignore the fact that they're, they, they're human. And that's they believe point. just like I do. That's, and I that's think a that's really what we good point. Yeah, and I think we would make a lot of progress, right? I say, and another shirt that I sell, um, one of the one it says, uh, "Kill the idea, not the person." Right? I mm. think the the free for all of ideas is necessary. People should be able to have the to say you're wrong. My religion's right. That's fine. It's really when you think about it, it's not wrong. What is why why we think that these discussions and debates are wrong is because what it implies will happen after. We've only been shown these kind of debates in the lights of war, religious war, like, like you know, like going back um, to the Crusades and things like that, when war or religious war has really been used for an excuse for power 
or something yeah. of the fashion. We've never seen this debate happen and then go have coffee afterwards after we've had this disagreement or still acknowledge this person despite of our disagreements and still have this exchange of ideas <laughs> that that's important. To maybe turn it into more of a humorous quote, um, legalism can't have coffee with you. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> that might have to be a different shirt. I'll, I'll leave that for your shirt line. <laughs> All right. And you know, I like that you do your shirt stuff. I have been actually thinking about some doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can help each other out and give you give me some tips on how you go about it. Because yeah, I'm I'm a little bit of a writer myself, so I like the idea of putting your own brand out there and it gets people asking questions and stuff. I like that idea. Um, yeah, I do exactly. feel like this this is a big topic. What is legalism? So I know you don't want to keep it too too long today. We'll keep it right around an hour, maybe hour and a half. But maybe can come back to the part two because I think there's so much to uncover here. Another aspect of legalism I would like to at some point look at, maybe today, maybe another time if you're down, is mm -hmm. over-spiritualizing things. Ooh, I would love to dig my claws into that. Let's do it. Before we do that, for the live listeners, it's, we're about 20 minutes in already. If you have something that's on your mind, you're just dying to share or ask, please do it now or take a few minutes to answer and to listen to you. And then we really want to dig into this topic of over-spiritualization. Why do people do it? What is it? And I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. That's really, oh, that's exciting. Because I did say earlier, I did preface with, I hate religion and spirituality for the identical reason. So mm. we've talked a lot about the religious portion of it, but I think the other extreme is just as dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we got a message for, from Robert Baker. What's on your mind? And thank you for being here with us. What's going on, brothers? How y'all doing today? I just want to ask the question. Was Jesus a legalist? No. Was Jesus a legalist? Holla. The way we look at legalism, I here's the thing. I think there's a lot of legalism in the scriptures, but that's just because we as people... We've always tried to put our finger on it. But when Jesus come, came, and if he would come now, I think he would live a life that would point away from legalism. Yeah. I, well, and then so, like, for example, um, I don't believe the law in and of itself is wrong, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, I believe, you know, it said he is, once again, in our context, it says that he didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law, right? And so that means... Yeah. Like the law was missing something and he was the fulfillment of that thing that it was missing, like this promise to come. And so uh, it's it, and it was that idea that we were never able or capable to fulfill the law without him, without perfect relationship to him. So you see in many instances, like all over the place, he is literally <laughs> one of the things that they say about Jesus is that he knew one of the evidences that he knew he was going to die or he kind of like predicted his own death. They say for him to be as controversial and radical in uh, in in religious spaces as he was, he almost had to know that he would be martyred. Like he mm. literally would have to know in the places that he did. That is how uh, offensive he would uh, like approach these uh, these Sadducees and these Pharisees. It was it was like if you understood what he was saying to them in that context and what it meant. Like, it's not like today where you have freedom of speech. You could have easily been killed for certain things. 
So he was extremely yeah. radical. And one of the and the re, the and the places that he did that the most were people in legalistic fashions. Like for example, the woman the woman that he healed on the Sabbath, right? And he t- and this is where we learned that you know the Sabbath was meant to and this is what I mentioned earlier, serve us, not for us to serve the Sabbath, right? We, yeah. the Sabbath is something we should honor and respect because we need rest. It is not a God in and of itself. It's a servant. It's saying, hey, you need rest. And I'm here to remind you that rest is something that you need. It's not to religiously obsess over, right? Remember the fulfillment of this thing is to love the, the love, love each other. Actually, the mm-hmm. whole the reason um, earlier I mentioned, um, you know, people think that God was created to so that we could suck his toes and feed him grapes. Well, you know, when it says glorify him, well, actually the word glory more accurately means nature. And so we are just people that reflect his nature. So the way that mm. we praise wow. and worship God and give him glory is to actually love one another in the same fashion that we understand the Trinity to love itself. Right. That's what it means to glory. Like, so when you love your neighbor and people who, who are not like you and in different places, you're actually glorifying him because that is what you were created to do. That's mm-hmm. how you look like him. And uh, yeah, such good points that you brought there. And I think that why a lot of people didn't didn't like him or hated him is because I think he he brought such a mature way of showing balance that people didn't like it because it confronted their own um, dirty sides. So I, I think what I'm trying to say is that the just, he was just as loving as he was just, you know, yeah, justice without love is legalism and faith without love is ideology. And that was by Richard Rohr. Um, so he was so well balanced that it really, it cut right through the um, bone and marrow just by the way he was talking, uh, walking, not even talking. And people didn't like that idea. And I think that's the part where we have to come in and say, hey, how can I be more like that? How can I show justice, empathy, love, and still stand firmly on what I believe? I think that's a good lesson to be learned right there. Absolutely. I think you, I think you, uh, you shorten that very well. I think that's, that's very true. And so we got these other two comments. I would say that they're still in the same window of our 20-minute span. So I think we should, we should yeah. take them and, and keep going. Absolutely. Voiceover guy, what's going on? On Pontius Pilate's manuscripts where uh, it showed um, uh, Pontius Pilate teasing the, the Pharisees, uh, uh, the Jesus. They're, I'm going to go get Jesus. I'm going to go get Jesus. And they get all worried and stuff. The Pharisees were of dead man's bones, man. They were uh, <laughs> uh, terrible people. Absolutely. I, I like yeah. that comment. I love, I love that. If you, anyone has context that they want to add to the conversation, that makes it a lot more flavorful. So absolutely do it. Yeah. And bring in some controversial yeah. stuff if you want, some ugly text. You know, it's, it's really relevant yeah. to the idea of legalism. Absolutely. And I think if we want to go, obviously it's not good to point fingers, but I think the Pharisees are a good, good place to point a finger <laughs> on and say, and, and, make sure we don't live like that. You know, I usually like to point at myself, but I mean, Fer- Jesus himself said Pharisees, they're, they're just full of, you know, he didn't say full of crap because he wouldn't say that, but I would say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let's move on to the next message. Uh, Robert Baker. Well, if you talk about modern, I mean, the 
the disciples was martyred. They tried to stick John in, in hot grease, and it didn't kill him before he wrote Revelation. Um, and the people in the dark ages was getting killed for just having the Bible. Um, <laughs> what do y'all chalk up the dark ages as? Because they used to handcuff the Bible today. And I heard the African lady say, um, we should be above the Ten Commandments. Like, the Ten Commandments, is that's basic. Is Do y'all think the Ten Commandments is basic? <laughs> that we should be over the Ten Commandments? When I see people, you know, they say, well, it's, it's embedded in you not to kill your mother or to kill you. But yet I see people killing their mothers, their whole family, every day. So is it really embedded in us? Or is it for us to do evil and not good? Holly. Wonderful, wonderful comments. Come for yeah. free. I love that. That was really good. Um, so I think I argue when you talk about um, morality, I don't, I don't think that morality is innate. I don't think it is. I think, like I said earlier, the instinct for love is innate and that drives us to more morality. It drives us in the direction of morality because we need love and because we're interdependent creatures, we develop morality. I don't think it's necessarily innate. So, and I, that's why I think the Ten Commandments aren't basic. I think, like, well, in today's society, as far as morality has evolved, like, you got to think about it. Morality has come a long way in the last 2,000 years. If you look up the, the history of morality um, and the philosophy of law as it's progressed through the ages, you would, you would be surprised about what was not common sense in terms of morality. So I definitely think that it was, it was very um, powerful in its day and age. I think it was, it was complex, like for those right. people. Um, and I think there's, there are things that we should never stray away from even, even today. So, um, so I don't think we're above the law. No, I don't think we're above the Ten Commandments. Absolutely not. Yeah, and I think there again, uh, there's this idea of balance that is very important if i take it to one extreme it says well i can do whatever i want i'll be forgiven right um and then there's the other side where it's like i'm so perfect and i'm gonna use the law to to show where other people are imperfect i mean this is super simplifying it but i feel like at the end of the day if you put it in a couple short sentences that's what it is and you know you can use the law you can abuse it in, in so many ways. And I feel like the Dark Ages um, showed that really well. It was basically people saying, here's what this says about that. And they just kind of abused it for their own sense of power and control. I forgot um, to touch a, on that part of this question. Keep going. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done. I think I was just trying to say that we we kind of see some of the same aspects nowadays, obviously not as far as the Dark Ages, but it still gets abused in the same um, way, to, in a more subtle way. I would say the Dark Ages is literally the embodiment of legalism, in honesty. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, the reason that people weren't given the text is because if they weren't given the text, they couldn't challenge the information on their own, Right. It was very controversial to let the pub the information be publicly accessed to the community. And that's not restricted to the dark ages. It was very common for they 
people to be spoon fed a religious text and them not have access to it themselves. Um, mm. I think it was a means of control. I believe that's why a lot of people believe that religion is only used to control because it has been so often because if you think about it, the person who gets to feed people the religion gets to determine what God looks like. And often they will make, they will make God look like them or people, the people who are elected to feed the people, right? The word of God are people who look like the embodiment of what they want God to look like, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, for example, absolutely. let's say, like, say the government, like, let's say the, the Bible was used to defend the, the state of the law, which, which it was when during Jim Crow times. Um, it, was, sure. it, it was definitely used for that. If I want someone to teach the word, I'm going to go find someone who, who likes the government. Because if they like the government, well, the style that they'll teach the word in is a style that will, that will favor the government. And it's another means to control people. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's what is going on in China right now. Yeah. With the, With the whole, like, you know, making religion basically illegal. Right. Well, and that's, and that's it's deeper. I would say it's a little bit deeper than that. That's partly because they're a... I think it's a totalitarian society um, sure. of communism where, you know, like they are actually required to believe in uh, there is no God. Like, I think that's yeah. one of the things. I think that's another uh, very, very legalism taken too far. Absolutely. Where people realize people are getting actually, they're powerful in groups. They're powerful when a group believes in something. Let's take mm-hmm. it away. Let's have, let's have more control over this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we kind of recap. We kind of a lot of things. We define legalism, right? As this over obsession of legal uh, principles that that um, I think are obscure those principles and take away from what they really mean. Um, mm-hmm. We so we've also talked about how the fulfillment of the law was really was really love itself, right? Yeah. And how legalism is this excuse to make God look like you. Mm. Yeah, I think exactly. Those are my biggest and takes away for me too, and I, I I think I learned so much from you today and your perspectives. What I take away from this is that um, whatever you do, look at your own intentions first. You know, look at why you're doing what you're doing, and just don't be afraid to ask the hard questions and to point at at yourself. And um, uh, thank you guys for keeping it respectful. Take care. Well, that's the end of this episode. If you like this kind of content or you just want to support me in what I'm doing, go to Stereo.com slash Comfort underscore free or go to ComfortFreeMerch.com to check out a bunch of cool accessories to support ideas that you may like from this podcast. And as always, question anything and challenge everything.